0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Credentialed alongside Justine Fernandez. I'm Jillian Mealy. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. How are you, Jillian? I am great. And, you know, Justine, maybe you've heard a thing or two lately about, oh, I don't know, a certain NFL tight end, a certain pop star, a world famous pop star. We've had this conversation about, do we talk about this? Do we not? Because Everyone is talking about it. And for those of you who might be joining the uh, podcast for the first time, we're kind of trying to pave our own path and not be like everyone else, but we're going to dive in just in a different way. Cool. Mm -hmm. Works for me. Okay, so to start, let's talk about ratings because the conference championship games were the highest on record going back to 1988. The Chiefs-Ravens game was the most watched AFC championship game ever. That's according to CBS Sports. So you really can't deny part of the reason why. I'm not saying this is the whole reason why, but the double T effect, the Travis and Taylor effect, okay? Everyone has an opinion on this. We're not here to give you ours because there's plenty of it out there. Mm -hmm. I would like to start by shining a light, Justine, on one of the things that I see coming from this that actually warms my heart. And it's this dad-daughter connection when it comes to football. Both of us have strong backgrounds when it comes to sports. And it just has sort of hit me in a way because I was reading a bunch of articles. There's one on the Washington Post right now. And it says, young Swifties are tuning into the NFL and their dads are loving it. And it has a quote from a father out there saying, there isn't a better feeling, not because she's interested in football, but because she wants to spend time with me. Mm. I have an excuse to text her more, to call her more than I did in the past. Honestly, like I get chills hearing that because I know, especially at a certain age for girls, teenage years, things like that, that connection between dad and daughter can be a little tough to figure out, well, what do I talk to them about? What do I say? You and I have that sports background. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good because
1: I think I'm one of those people who shares a relationship around sports with my Mm -hmm. dad. That's what we text about uh, as I'm learning and growing in the sports space. If I ever have a question, I'm probably texting my dad because (laughs) he is just such a huge sports fan. And I think that's a big reason I ended up working in sports because I was around somebody who really loved it. And I kind of absorbed a lot of that just being around him. And it definitely is a unique connection that him and I share. And I think if Taylor Swift is getting more women, more young girls involved in loving sports, and especially that dad connection, that is a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Like when I think back to my childhood, I think back to, I mean, there are so many things I can point to, but when I think back to sports, it started with my dad. It started by going to Flyers hockey games with him at such a young age, you know, just the two of us. My dad coached my softball team when I was in grade school. And so having those memories and having that bond, even now as an adult, I golf primarily with my dad. And so I love that sports connection. And those are some of my favorite memories from my childhood that then carried over. And for both of us, we were fortunate enough to have them carry over into our careers. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to do some pretty cool things. Yes. And if you think about the things that are clamoring
1: for young people's attention, especially those teenage years, those preteen years getting interested in the game of football is a really positive one. I would much rather that as a parent as opposed to the TikToks and all the other things that can take away from some of the things that are really great. And we know getting involved in sports always talked about as something that can really help um, young people grow and develop.
0: And what I love about sports, too, is it has the ability to really connect people, even just outside of this dad-daughter relationship that we've been talking about now. It has the power to bond people. It has the power to bond cities. It creates this fun rivalry. I mean, sports has the ability to unite, I think, unlike a lot of things out there. Absolutely. And
1: I think a lot of times after big events, like if you think about 9-11 and some of the sporting events that happened after that, some of those sporting events, especially in New York, there is a powerful unifying sport, uh, quality, I should say, to sports that I think is really great and really great for our country as a whole. And so, okay, I have to ask who you got them for the Super Bowl. So- I am Team 49ers. I have some vested interest in this though, Jillian, because my family, in terms of family Super Bowl football pools, I would say ours is the cream of the crop. We get weekly recap emails complete with GIFs. So they're very <laughs> really? entertaining. Oh yeah. Great storytelling as a uh somebody who knows storytelling. There's some great storytelling going on in these emails. And I, for some reason... I've just uh, been separated from my dad. I now have my own entry into the Super Bowl pool. I am two for two on getting to the Super Bowl. Jillian, I swear they are going to kick me out of the family <laughs> football pool.
0: Okay, we don't want that to happen. Do you win anything? Like, what? what's what's on the line? There's a little bit of uh, a wager on the line, but it's mostly <laughs> about family bragging
1: rights. Bragging rights, yeah. Exactly. And I have uncles and cousins who have been doing this for years. I think it Goes back to the 80s or 90s. This football pool, and some of them have never made it. So I come in as a rookie here, two for two, in at least getting to the Super Bowl, and I might be causing some
0: trouble. <laughs> okay, so I want that for you, truly. However, I do because Andy Reid coached the Eagles here in Philadelphia for so long, and Philadelphia still, I'm um, most of Philadelphia, I still love Andy Reid. I think he's a class act. I think he's a great coach, and yes. The Chiefs are now sort of, in my mind, in a way, it's hard to even say this, becoming the next Patriots, I feel like, because mm-hmm. they've been so successful the last few years, right? Absolutely. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, let's like let someone else win. But on the other hand, I do love it for Andy Reid. So I feel like I got to go Chiefs on this one, even though I hate to go against you and your family pool. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's a really interesting matchup
1: because the Chiefs were – so successful in the postseason, They didn't mm-hmm. have as strong of a regular season. You also yep. have Patrick Mahomes. We know he loves Travis Kelsey. We just yep. touched on him for another area of his life. But the thing with the 49ers is they've been successful all season long. And mm-hmm. then they have this quarterback in Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics in this game. And I'm excited to see how it turns out because as we know, sometimes the team that is the
0: hottest in the postseason actually is a team that wins. That's true. That's true. Okay. So when you look though about like the money aspect of the Super Bowl, it's crazy. There are so many prop bets out there just to get tickets. At, like what would you spend money on if you were to spend money going to a game like this? It's insane.
1: I mean, the amount that those tickets cost is a down payment for a house <laughs> in true. some places, maybe that's not true. in New York or Philadelphia or Chicago. That's for sure. Right. But in some places it's a down payment for a house. I would think, you know, if the Lions made it, I could see how a Lions fan maybe been saving up for a long time, could spend that kind of money on a ticket. But it's insane. And they're saying the fact that it's in Vegas is having an effect here because they've looked at where tickets went. And there's also outside interest. So it's not just people interested in the Raiders in the regular season. It's folks who are visiting Vegas and tourists who want to go to a football game. And so the Vegas effect applies as well.
0: Well, and it's also like, okay, a lot of people are like, hey, let's go make the weekend of it. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go have fun. It's a great destination to have a Super Bowl, I would think. Uh, Yes, and great weather. (laughs) Yeah. think about weather in the Midwest
1: and the East Coast right now, that's not the worst destination yeah i would
0: agree okay so i don't know realistically if the eagles were in it Would i want to spend like eight thousand dollars minimum for a ticket i i don't know that i'd want to spend all that money for a ticket i'm perfectly fine watching it on my couch if i were still in sports because you know i used to cover sports for a living and had the opportunity to cover a super bowl i would love that it like shattered my heart that i didn't get to cover the super bowl that the eagles won it shattered truly like it still pains me to this day. I've covered two World Series. I've covered many other sporting events, but the Super Bowl is the one thing I haven't gotten a chance to cover. And I just think it would be such a remarkable mm-hmm. just like lifetime experience to be able to be there
1: absolutely it's considered like one of the pinnacle like this the super bowl the olympics if you get to cover that it's what journalists when you get into this field in sports you put on a very high on the wish list i have not gotten to cover a super bowl either and i think there's a lot that goes into those big events i've covered nba draft i've covered all-star games i've covered final fours three years in a row and the stakes are elevated. There is a lot of attention on those games. Yeah. So what is your favorite sports memory that you've covered? I, hmm. <laughs> That's tough, tough because call. yeah, I I would say the Final Fours I went to were amazing experiences. Unfortunately, the team I was there to cover did not advance. So there's that bittersweet moment after they've lost that game where you have to go in and have really honest and humble conversations and respectful conversations. It's a it's a really hard line I think to balance because these are players that you feel invested in. You've covered them all season. And they've Mm -hmm. just lost the biggest game of their life. So bittersweet end, but amazing experience to cover it. I would have to say that my favorite event was actually the MLB All-Star Game.
0: And here's why.
1: Everybody's happy. No one's upset (laughs) that they've lost. It's an All-Star Game, right? They want to talk to you. Exactly. It's the best of the best or the most popular players are all there. And it's just a really uplifting event. It's one of those events that I think lifts the entire league and people look forward to it. It's entertaining and I really enjoyed it. You get to see some of the greats all there and the whole baseball world is there. And it was just a really nice event to cover. And you get to showcase all your hard work that you've put in in this very, very long baseball season. You
0: get to take a break and you get to be honored for what you've done so far that season. No, I think that's great. I think mine might have to be at least the one that's sort of at the forefront of my brain right now. It's bittersweet. It's very bittersweet. I'll preface it by saying that. And anybody who's from Philadelphia or who's a Phillies fan listening, I apologize in advance. But I did have the opportunity just a few years ago to cover the Phillies in the World Series with the Houston Astros, and I—I mean, it (laughs) was—I know it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was so exciting to Mm -hmm. start covering you know to to, to cover the playoffs and to cover their run right and the first few games of the series uh you know you have all this momentum and you have all this excitement and it's like oh my gosh are they are they going to be able to do it this year because it's it's that way in philadelphia like we get so close every year it seems like for some of our teams and then they fall apart but going back to houston for games six and seven, knowing that like the momentum was lost and that they mm-hmm. just weren't in it like they were, it was so hard going back to Houston. So I say, I say it's at the forefront of my memory because that feeling at the very beginning, that excitement, like I can't even imagine what that's like to be the ones playing mm-hmm. in, in those moments, but also to be the ones like you feel as a fan and you feel covering those, you feel that m- momentum shift right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I wonder what that feels like for the athletes, because when that momentum shift is so palpable to everyone else watching, Mm -hmm. it has to be even more intense to them.
1: Absolutely. And we just saw that and how the 49ers won that game. That is a Mm -hmm. momentum shift in action. It is so powerful. And I know, especially if you think about baseball and the World Series and how that postseason is set up, because here's the thing about baseball that I learned in, in covering it it is a long season. It is yes. a long game. Okay. Yes. And it's also long series. So you're not in a city for a couple days for a game. And this goes for the regular season too. You're there for several days. So mm-hmm. sustaining that energy, that momentum
0: is such a big piece of it. And as and, the person covering it too. Well, well right. That's what I was going to say. It was exhausting. I'm not complaining here. I, it was, I mean, an amazing piece of my story in broadcasting to cover these events, but I can't like from the player's perspective, I can't even imagine because you've got, you know, two games in Philly and then you're going for two games in Houston or, you know, and you're traveling back and forth across the country expected to be able to keep that energy up, to keep your strength going as a reporter covering it. I was like i I need to sleep. like I need a minute to breathe here mm-hmm. and and I'm not even the one in the game. A hundred
1: percent and getaway day is a classic thing in baseball where all of a sudden all week you're playing night games and then on Sunday, they play a day game. Your brain, your body is not ready to wake up. I can speak as a journalist, and I'm not even in the game. <laughs> exactly. And then after that, you go fly somewhere else. And sometimes on some of these trips, you're not getting in, or you might be flying after a night game. You're not getting into one, two in the morning. So the wear and tear, I think, on these athletes and what they're able to do, if you take a step back and we get to see a little bit more of it than the average person is really remarkable.
0: Yeah. I give them a lot of credit. I give them, I mean, they, they've got that pressure. They've got the questions from the media. They've got the fans, you know, it's, it's a lot. I I can't even imagine the pressure, but I give them a lot of credit. Wait, question for you. So what's your favorite sport then? Like overall, do you have a favorite sport to either cover or a favorite sport to watch or, and I guess I preface that by saying on TV or in person.
1: Mm, I do like the NFL and college football on TV. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get a lot more. Now I love going to an in-person game. Do not get me wrong. Like not going to turn it down. I would say my favorite sport is probably college football just because of Notre Dame and going to school there and growing up around it because my dad went to Notre Dame as well. And the thing that's interesting though as you start to cover sports. So when I was in New York, I covered a lot of baseball. I started to really love the game of baseball. I started Mm -hmm. to, you get invested in the storylines and you want to see how they play out. So you end up having an answer that's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I like them all because once you spend time in it and you get to know the players, you get to know the storylines, you kind of like doing it all. And sometimes the variety is nice
0: too. So, and I agree with you. I do. I love like a nice summer day going to a baseball game, maybe preferably at night when like the sun's not out beating on you,
1: just Mm -hmm. having that
0: experience. I don't love watching it on TV all the time because it is long. It's so much more exciting in person with the weather and the atmosphere with a group of friends or your family. I love football. Any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I think, hands down my favorite sport. I love, love, love football. To so watch it on TV. I can't wait. I love watching it in person. I just love everything about it. Uh, basketball, yeah, I-, I could go either way. I like going to the games. I like watching it on TV. Hockey, I don't watch on TV. I love going to hockey games. Mm-hmm. I don't really go to many, but I think they're so exciting in person. Like, it's just such an intense sport. And I grew up watching it. So for me, I think that's probably one of my favorite, aside from football, to be at like in person. Mm-hmm. I think tennis is a really good spectator Ooh, sport. Good one.
1: It's more relaxing. It's not as high energy as as hockey. But a, on a night, I used to go to the U.S. Open because I was in New York. But on a nice summer yep. day, get to relax, have a cool, refreshing drink. It, it's similar to baseball in that it's a really nice uh, spectator sport that that you get a social aspect out of it.
0: Mhm. Okay, so if you could cover like your your dream sports event that you could cover as a journalist. oh, Do you know what that would be? <laughs> I'm throwing so a, a curveball. Okay, I'm going to share this
1: is one not talked about. I love the NFL draft. Mm. I it is one of my favorite sporting sporting in quotations because it's technically not a sporting event, but here's what I love about it. We get to see all of the hard work that Mm -hmm. these college athletes have put in throughout their careers come to life in this very incredible moment. And also it's unpredictable. So you think a team is going to go one way, but they may not. And then you see what they do and you can kind of start to hypothesize what is this team and approach that they're starting to build. Mm -hmm. And fans get so excited to see their teams and who they're going to recruit. I find it to be one of my favorite events of the year. And I've been lucky that I've gotten to cover it a couple times in studio where we're kind of breaking down the picks and what it means. And I've really enjoyed it. What about you? Okay.
0: That's a good answer. I think for me, you you mentioned Olympics earlier, and I don't think I would have thought thought about it had you not mentioned it, but I've been stewing on it a little bit as we've been having this conversation. And I do think an Olympics would be really a privilege to cover because Mm -hmm. those are the athletes that, that don't always get all of the accolades necessarily on the day in and day out basis. Right. Like, and when I say that, I mean, you know, NFL is every single Sunday. Right. Or every single Thursday, Saturday, this, it seems like it's every day anymore. Baseball, baseball season is long and continuous. Like the Olympics showcases the sports that people work day in and day out on, but the average viewer is not consuming them as much on a daily basis. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: Yes. It's not as uh, permanent in that it gets a lot of attention when it's on, obviously, but the work does not stop for those athletes. It is a years long approach. Yes. And the other thing I think that's really unique about the Olympics is the pride that the teams have in their country and representing their, their country and doing well for their country. That is so special. There's that cultural element that I think comes out in the Olympics that I really appreciate. I
0: agree. And I think telling those stories would be really special. And I think it would be really memorable. And I like moments like that, where you get to meet people from all over the world or all over the country and just tell their story. It's a privilege to be able to tell other people's stories like that. And as you just mentioned, it's something that they put in the work day in and day out for years, for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have that privilege and honor of telling those stories from people around the world, I just think that would be something mm-hmm. really special to do. Absolutely. It's on most journalists, Mount Rushmore, I think, of opportunities that you couldn't pass up. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay. So rounding this out and sort of going back to the beginning, now everyone listening or watching has sort of a sense of our sports passion, our background. And that's exactly why I said in the very beginning of this, if more young girls will turn to sports because of Taylor Swift and what's going on right now, I welcome that so much, even other sports, not just the NFL, like golf. You know, I love golf, Mm -hmm. Justine, and I hear young girls getting involved in golf or people saying like, oh, my daughter is taking golf lessons. Like, I get so excited because there's so many sports out there where I'd love to see more of a female presence, and so if, if we can get more young girls interested in sports at a younger age- I am 100% mm-hmm. all for that. I think it builds character. I think it builds teamwork skills. I think there's so much value that comes out of being involved in some capacity in sports. Absolutely. I'm here for it. If more of Gen Z millennials are getting
1: into sports, if Taylor Swift is the entry, Great. It's wonderful. And let's not deny it's also a really fun storyline to watch. We've got flight conversations about how she's going to get in from her concert in oh Japan. It's all I tracked. Mean, <laughs> there's enough to talk about with the Super Bowl that this is just an added
0: element that is fun. Yeah. It's actually fun. So I was invited to a Super Bowl party. Not going to like, you know, I, don't, I never name names on here. I was invited to a Super Bowl party. Not that they would care, but they sent out the Evite and underneath of it, they wrote Taylor's version and it just made me laugh. I'm like, oh my goodness, like the Super Bowl is so different than any other Super Bowls I can <laughs> remember. But because you and I have that love of sports, this Super Bowl is still about football for me. This Super Bowl is still oh, 100% yes. about what is going on in the field what the outcome's going to be, what color confetti we see raining down at the very end of it. <laughs> oh, I have family bragging rights on the line, Jillian. Great if I see Taylor Swift a couple
1: times, but I, ne- I need the 49ers to perform well, and I will be watching this game. I will not be upset either. I'm excited to see both teams because both teams are just really fun to watch and excellent.
0: So, okay, here's another question too, and this relates more to, to the business side of this. You talk about the ad revenue and you talk about the money that companies spend to be able to have an ad in the Super Bowl or have those commercials. Are you one that gets into the commercials? Because I got to be honest with you, I kind of don't. I care more about the game.
1: I care more about the game. I think the ads are a bonus, but if I have to get up and go do something when the ads are on, oh well. I think there's a couple that stand out every year is really creative and getting attention. I'm from Mm -hmm. St. Louis, so I've always loved the Budweiser Clydesdales commercials, but I do like the halftime show and I love Usher. Like I thought Rihanna was amazing, so I'm very excited for that.
0: Yes, I agree. Okay, cool. Well, I can't wait to see if you're going to keep those family bragging rights, what's going to happen. Here's the cool thing about this. We're both going to be rooting for red. Oh, hey, you can't go wrong. You know what to wear. (laughs) So everyone's
1: on the same page in some capacity. (laughs) A hundred percent. And let's let's not forget, sometimes when you're covering a team, you actually have to think about I cannot wear opposing team colors or I can't yeah. wear this certain team's colors. And I can't tell you the number of
0: times I've showed up and been like, whoops, I wore the wrong colors. <laughs> Wait, I made the biggest fashion faux pas once early in my career. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm even revisiting this in my brain, let alone telling this story to whomever's out there listening. I was young in my career. I was lucky enough to get called upon, sort of last minute, to go to to Texas to cover an Eagles-Cowboys game. And what did I wear? A blue sweater. Because blue looks usually looks good on TV. I just threw my papers, for those just listening. I, Jillian Mealy from Philadelphia, who bleeds green, diehard Eagles fan my whole life, wore a blue sweater to cover an Eagles-Dallas game. Like, what is wrong with me? It happens. She's shaking her head. She's shaking her head. It happens. It really does. <laughs> There's a lot of planning and thought that
1: goes into this, that sometimes you're like, wait, so I studied, I did this, I'm ready for the game, and then,
0: whoops, I wore the wrong color. It happens. Clearly, I've never forgiven myself. All right, I'm going to go work on forgiving myself a little more. Uh, I, you know, for your sake, I hope you win, but I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great game no
1: matter what. I love the Super Bowl. I look forward to it. And I'm glad we could have this conversation and hopefully bring some insights into how do we approach this as sportscasters and what is it like to actually be in some of these big events?
0: Yes, absolutely. On that note, everyone enjoy watching the game. Red's going to win. We're not sure which side of the, the red. Go red. We will see you. Go red. (laughs) Thanks for watching or listening to this episode of Credentialed. We'll see you next time.